You're listening to Spraymakers, the podcast where Chris Rossi and Trent Finlayson dive deep into the world of water skiing. Behind the boat is where the magic happens, and this week the guys discuss the ideal zone of power to be in to maximize speed and space. I think a lot of people have misconceptions about, you know, how long they should be pulling, where they should start to feel the load, where that load, and how they how they utilize that load. So why not take this episode and, and talk about work zone? Yeah, no, I like this one. This will be good because it's, it's, um, this came up in conversation, um, earlier with, you know, I mean, conversation between you and I, and, and this one's going to interest me because it's not a, it's, it's, well, it's just a different term. It's not a term I typically think that I typically use. And, and I, but it's something that comes up a lot. Cause if you, if you just go back to when we were kids, um, I remember just always being told like, you want, max lean you want to be going the absolute hardest behind the boat through the second wake and that was just and that's you know it's not necessarily excuse me it's definitely not wrong um but it just it's just something that i remember as a kid i, I remember thinking then you know um that i was gonna you know whatever i was gonna i was gonna turn i was gonna get into my lean and then right behind the boat i was gonna give that extra oomph if you will you know and it's and, um, you know, again, not necessarily wrong, but not necessarily right either. That extra oomph is only required if something else is missing. Um, but yeah, work zone, what, you know, where, where does it start? Where does it finish? Does it ever actually finish? It's, um, this is going to be an interesting topic cause it's going to, it's going to, um, you know, it's going to open my eyes to, to a couple different things. So, so just that phrase or that idea, where do you, where do you start with this? You know, for me, I think the the most one of the most common things that I see is long pull. Meaning, um, if you look at if you look at it from thirty thousand feet, you look at it take a take a drone above the course. You know, if you look at it uh, when the handle passes right behind the boat, it mm-hmm. stops from going one direction and it starts to arc up to to the buoy at that point, yeah. and so. The thing that I basically like the number one thing that I when I watch people and I video coach, uh, you know, especially on GiveGo and, you know, I'm doing I'm doing those video sessions. Um, the thing that I show people the most is where their ski and is if it's still in its cutting position in relation to this right behind the boat. And nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10, there's a, there's a discrepancy there where I can see people are still pulling and they're, they're into, they're, they've gone, th- they've gone behind the boat, they've gone through the second wake, and now they're, they're coming into, you know, off the second wake and they're still pulling. And, um, you know, the more, the, the bigger that discrepancy, the longer that a person pulls past center line the more they're going to get ripped to the inside and get straight line slingshotted straight line into the buoy or into the turn. And then that makes turns really difficult. So then you're trying to make the best of whatever you can do to make a turn. And then that delays how you accelerate out of the buoy, thus perpetuating this long pulling segment. Uh, this also goes back to why we hammer gates so much, you know, gates, it's not, it, it, you said it in a previous episode, it's not, it's not that we have to get the gate, you know, like we have to be perfect going through the gates. What we're really trying to do is understand our, our speed and our direction 
built into that place so that yeah. we can get on this, this, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm going to call it an earlier line, but it's, yeah. it's more optimal line. It's not earlier line. You're not going to get to the buoy earlier. You're going to get to the buoy or the turn in a better position to make a, uh, make a turn that, that will lead you into another great acceleration that will help you stay in that position in the course. So I think work zone really just kind of relates for me to understanding where you want to get things, uh, where you want to be and when you want to be ending that, that, that part of your, that part of your skiing. So how, yeah. how does that work for you? No, I like that. And the way you just frame that, okay, now like, you know, I'm excited because this, this is, you know, this um, is pivotal for me in terms of, you know, changing my understanding of ideal lines or, or the best or, or, you know, even if it's not the ideal line, this is this one is uh, it's kind of a newer idea for me. Best available line, you know, Ooh, I like you're that. not. You're, yeah. And because and because that's it, it's it's going to change, you know, and and being satisfied with your best available line. Is what what is what can um, help prevent you from doing that second pull after the center of the wakes? Because okay, let's start with this end, and I, I want to see wh- what you think about this. <clears throat> so this is this is another one of those things where um, if people had a bucket list, they'd be like, "Man, I wish I didn't pull so long." You know, "Man, I wish my hips were up." "Man, I wish my arms were straight." You know, from a previous episode, "Man, I wish I didn't pull so long." So I think there's two. I think there's two people. Um, or two instances, there's, there's the person that is forced to pull too, too long or longer than ideal because of, and we'll, we'll figure out those factors as we go. And then there's the person that decides to pull too long, meaning they don't trust where they are. So they do, to me, that's more of a second pull or a spike, you know, there's, so that, that's, so who, First of all, like, I mean, are you kind of on board with that? Like some people are forced to pull past the center line and other people just choose to? A hundred percent because I think people, you know, we talk about it a lot and you have to understand what you're trying to do out there. And mm-hmm. so I think people base their, base their technique on, um, you know, areas where they're weak and not necessarily weak in strength, but just weak in understanding. And so the common misconception is how the heck am I going to get out to the buoy if I don't pull longer, you know? And, and geez, as a, as a person who took a long time to understand how to run 41, meaning that we're at the very end of what's possible, Mm -hmm. um, your brain just does not think that you're going to be able to get out to that buoy. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to do whatever you got to do. And pulling long seems like it's going to propel you out to that buoy better. Yeah. Um, yes. So it's going to get you to your, it's going to get you, I think of it like this sometimes and, and, and it's going to get you to your wide point sooner, but only because your wide point isn't going to be as wide. You know what I mean? You're not you're like, okay, so let's just back up one. We're going to just talk about this long pull and you had talked about, you know, like that, so that, you know, that hundred foot view. Okay. So, so just picture, you know, if you're looking at slalom from overhead or, or, or find a video, and keeping in mind like that cross course angle, it's not 90, de- you know, it's not 90 degrees. Like it feels it's you know, somewhere closer to 45 degrees. So from the finish of the turn to the center of the wakes, given like, you know, the, the, the downward or the, you know, down lake travel of the boat, your 45 degree angle cross course, maybe a little bit more from the finish of the turn to the center line, 
you're you're going the same direction as the boat. So, but from the center line out, if you stay on that cutting edge, you're trying to go away from the boat at that point. So every every inch past the center line that you either choose to pull or you're forced to pull, you're trying to you're trying to run a line that is is no longer possible. So to some degree, there's going to be separation, like 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 you had just said. So <clears throat> the bigger that you make that discrepancy from changing edges at center line, the longer that you pull past center line, the higher that load is going to spike because mm-hmm. you just what you said, you're going, you're trying to ski to a place that you're forgetting that you're connected to a rope. So you cannot cast yourself out on this crazy early line. Um, so that, that's where that, that thought process is, is faulty, you know, like what we're trying to do, it's kind of like a swing, right? I mean, I, a lot of people don't like that analogy of, of a swing set and, and pendulum effect and things like that. But for me, it's just easy to kind of wrap my head around like what it is. There's merit to it. Yeah. Because if you just like interject really quickly, I mean, yeah, I've, I've had problems with the pendulum theory in the past just because it didn't take care, take into account that the anchor point or the pylon is moving, but, but yes, fixed length of rope, right. And one available or, or, or best available pass. So swing slash pendulum works a hundred percent in that regard. Right. So, I mean, I think ultimately 99% of people need to shift their work zone to earlier, you know, the way that, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the fast forward for me is I think about my, uh, strongest lean, my, I don't know. I mean, I want to max out at the first wake. Mm -hmm. And why do I say the first wake? It's because at that moment, let's just say you're, let's say you're a 36 mile an hour skier, right? So in theory, without any kind of, um, any kind of friction or things that are wind or anything that's battling speed, let's just say that theoretically you can double the boat speed, right? So 36, it's max speed that you could reach behind the boat is somewhere near 72. Then we have to build in water friction on the ski. We got to build in air friction. Uh, Water viscosity, I think, plays into that factor as well. So Mm -hmm. let's just say you're going 60 miles an hour as you're approaching the wakes. Now, for me, I've found that I need to key on the first wake because at that point you're going, let's just say 60 miles an hour. If you think first wake max pull, bam, you're already through the second wake. I mean, that's how fast you're going. So for me, I'm going to say that for, you know, like my target, my target work zone, I want to be able to fall into a great turn and which I'm not shoving my feet and trying to turn harder than I am. I'm trying to take my speed through that turn into my connection point. And from the moment my, hopefully the moment that my outside hand, you know, if you let go of the rope, the, mm-hmm. my outside hand comes on, that's right when I'm hoping that I timed it, you know, and, and made the efficient turn so that right there I'm starting to build and I want to build from there to the first awake in my, in my, you know, use my structure, use my arm straight, use my lean. And I want to feel like I'm generating speed and I want my max speed to be hit right at that first wake. And that's where I'm going to start to start to realize that it's time for me to allow my body to start coming up. That doesn't mean I'm going to let go of the ropes pull. I'm just not meaning that I'm going to do anything crazy with it, but that my target work zone is in that area. Do you, do you kind of, 
Is that, yeah. is that where you go no, with this? That is where I go. Like, and I actually, I, I'm, it's basically the same thing, but I think of it as the first trough. Um, you know, that's where I, I that's where I feel, you know, when, when all things are, are at their ideal for me, that's where I have my max, you know, drive or like, to me, I feel like, <clears throat> because at that point I'm, I'm really trying to move, you know, as the load's building, be, you know, when, or because I have, good balance or structure behind the handle, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm balanced behind the load of the rope. I'm, I'm driving forward at this point. And, and I want to, I use the first trough, um, you know, and as the line gets shorter, that is the, that is the first wake, but I use the first trough almost, you know, like when you, when you're like pumping a transition, whether it's on snow skis or a skateboard or a snowboard, like that, you know, to pump that transition, to build that last little bit of speed, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, on a, on a mini ramp on a skateboard or, or whatever, or you do the same thing on a bicycle. I, I feel like I'm pumping that transition to get my ski to come through. Like that's the, that is that transition for me when all things are, when I'm not, you know, behind, you know, chasing the boat or trying to chase this ideal position. If I have it, that's where, where I'm driving everything through. So um, one, one quick question though, because, you know, you and I relate to this from a, you, you kind of, the way you said troth kind of jumped in at me, you know, uh, troth meaning the shorter the rope gets, the closer the wakes are together, right? So if you're yeah. going to be a, uh, a longer line skier skiing at a slower speed, then, you know, maybe yeah. that first wake isn't it, but really the idea is that by the time you're to the right behind the boat it is time to start coming up out of that lean and sure. and swinging up even, so keep going yeah, sorry man to, i just no, wanted to make right. sure no, we put no, that no in you're there. right because yeah because at like 41 off the first wake and second wake are you know we're gonna say boop, boop. you know four feet apart you yeah. know but at, at 15 off they're you know if, whatever that might be that's probably on you know as your cross course direction gives you that's they might be closer to you know 15 20 feet apart but no that that, um, but but even at 15 off 30 miles an hour, that first wake is going to serve as your notice. You better be maxed there. And just, you know, just to clarify quick, you know, th- while it's not as necessary at the longer lines, meaning that you can get away with pulling long, um, you know, simply because you don't need to swing up as high on the boat to get around the buoys, you know, because the rope is long enough that you, you can stay further back behind the boat. But, but the ideals are still the same, you know, and just if, if, you know, if anyone's happens to follow my Instagram feed, Instagram feed, just, just scroll back, you know, to last summer. And I have pictures of a, this, you know, this little boy, little boys, two guy, and he's, you know, 30, whatever they ski at 30 or 32, but um, this time of year, I kind of forget these things, but I think at 32 miles an hour, but he's, I have photos of him doing a centerline edge change. You know, he's at 30 miles an hour, 22 off. And so again, these aren't, just, you know, just to clarify before we keep moving, these aren't ideals that only apply to 39 off. Um, so, okay. So let, so we, we kind of, we're going to, we, you know, kind of agree that there's, there's the guy that needs to, there's the skier that needs to pull too long and there's the skier that chooses to pull too long. So let's start with the first guy. What, 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 what prevents you from creating enough speed into the first wake that, that you need to stay on edge to get you know, to get your feet to come back underneath you and, and, and it's, and it's happening 20 feet too late. What, what is, what is that person? How does that person address it? Because, because, and that's another, you know, one that, you know, as a coach, you're quick to clarify, it's not just get behind the boat and stop pulling. You've got to facilitate this edge change. And when it is facilitated, it's, it's not even something you really have to, to, you know, to mechanically 
do. It, it's more the result of something. So, so understanding that we want to be done as early as possible. What, what is it, the person that is forced to pull 30 feet past the, the second wake, and that is a lot of people, what, what's, what, what are they missing? What's in the way? The hundred foot, uh, the hundred foot above kind of idea there is that, you know, they are traveling slower than the boat before they even start a turn. The boat's got yeah. them. It's very hard to do, to uh, to develop speed when you're using muscle. So yeah. you're going to be that's that that's going to go right back to that arms bent, <laughs> hips back guy mm-hmm. or woman. You know, very very common. But you're going too slow to start. It's safer. It feels safer that way. But like if you pull out, let's say for a course skier, no matter what level you're at, when they pull out for their gates, you'll see this person come up. And for an instant, they're going about the same speed as the boat. And then you see the person basically sliding back in the frame. You know, the boat yes. is the boat is continuing on its constant speed. And yet this person's water speed has diminished. And now they're going slower than the boat. When you're going slow, it's very, you're, you're, the edge of your ski will not support you in the same way that it will when you're going faster. So you have to be much gentler in how you go about getting your ski to roll in. Let's just say your first, you're, you're rolling for your gates. So it takes you a long time to get to where you're developing speed. And so by the time you get to the first wake, you already instinctively know I don't have enough juice to get me out to that buoy. I'm going to, I'm just not going to make it is what is basically the idea that's going on in the head. And whether that be at 30 miles an hour or whether that be a person who's more developed, but has stuck with that same kind of arms bent hips back technique. So when you don't have, when you don't feel like you have the speed coming in, you're not going to feel confident in allowing yourself to start to come up out of that just on a fear that you will not get out to that buoy. Now, that being said, you're still better off at that point to not pull long, to come up out of your lean and to just, I think you said it earlier, like to be okay with whatever line that you're on. Like you can't improve that line now. Now you have to understand, like you can't pull harder. You can't pull the boat backwards. You can't create more space. All you can do is try to create speed and speed helps create that separation. So, you know, that's again, another, just another reason why we hammer gates so much. Another reason why we hammer structure so much. And then definitely another reason why we encourage you to work on this when you do your pullout at the end of the lake, whenever you're done, your run to do it correctly so that you're starting to understand that, you know, you, you need to develop these techniques to be able to harness them and to, and to get your work, you know, get your work done in the proper area. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> cause it's, you know, that there's going to be a certain amount of acceleration that is, is going to be required to, to make that edge change happen. Right. Um, and acceleration, you know, obviously differing from, from speed itself, you've, you've got to get your ski moving faster than your body for that edge change to, to naturally occur. Right. Cause we all know that because you know, when you get that, you get that edge change and it's so light and it's, and it's so effortless and, and then, you know, that's one of those questions you get sometimes like, what do you do? Like, how do you switch edges? And it's, 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 it, again, it's more, you need to facilitate it. So, and that's why you're exactly right. Like that, <clears throat> that skier who, who suffers from poor body position, meaning they, 
they they are forced to sit their weight back behind their behind their feet again probably because they don't have enough speed on their setup like you said that person will never that person can't get their ski to accelerate faster than their body you know and, and think of it just like you know it's it's just simple principles of physics right like so if you were going to if you were going to um, get your a bicycle, like you know, I ride mountain bikes a lot. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get your bike to accelerate without pedaling, you would, you know, you'd stand up over top of your cranks and you would just lean forward into the inside as if you're gonna, you know, just like do a nice little bit, a nice little turn. You could get yourself going and you could maintain speed given that you were on a nice smooth flat surface. And you could go for miles without pedaling just by leaning to, you know, leaning forward into the inside, forward into the inside, back and forth and back and forth. Same thing on a skateboard. Same thing, you know it's just principles of motion um or the or then go conversely if you what if you on that same bike you stood up and leaned all the way back all the weight um you know on your handlebars meaning sorry all the weight in your hands with your with your hips you know behind your rear behind the rear seat and you were trying to do that same that get that same momentum and motion going by by going by leaning back in a way that that it's it's not going to work right when your mass leads your your base that creates that causes your base to accelerate. It's it's it's, it's how you walk, correct? So so th- back to what you're saying. That guy who who is forced to 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 sit back on his ski is never going to get his ski to accelerate in relation to his body. So he's going to be forced to pull long. And really, what what that skier is doing is just pulling and pulling and pulling until the boat tips him to the inside. Boom! There's their edge change. Right. But th- but that guy who edge changes, or that girl that edge changes into and through the center line. That's the skier that's able to stay over top of their feet through the entirety of the turn and and over top of their over top of and even slightly ahead of their feet into and through the load. Mm. And that's where I get that feeling of, you know, of sort of pumping into the into the into the edge change. You know, it's like that little swing, that little forward drive that that makes that edge change happen. And why that's difficult is because it takes really, really good balance behind the load or good body position, good stack. Because if your arms are a little bit away from your body and you try and move, you know, get your momentum moving towards the tip of your ski, well, that's not going to be a good outcome, right? You know, if, if your butt's back and your arms are, are bent and, and, and all the weight is, all the pull is on your shoulders and then you try and go forward towards the tip of your ski, that's, that's where you get those Superman crashes. Exactly. Exactly. I think... I think it's really important to understand, you know, let's just say when you want to make your first turn and and start to develop speed, what does your body's motion, how does that relate to your ski, right? So the guy that's out there that loses this or the woman that's out there that loses the speed. Now the boat's got them. The line is tight. They tend to bend the arm, drop the hip. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where, where did the, where did the most, where did the most, where did the most change come? Like what did your weight shifted back? You feel like you're forward because your upper body is bent, but ultimately your center of mass or majority of your weight actually shifted back. Now let's just say that your ski is not smart. It does not know how to turn. It does not know how to go. It doesn't know anything. All it knows is where is your body weight in relation to the boat? And so when that person that's out there that loses all that speed, when they're getting ready to turn in and they bend the arms and the hips drop back, their weight drops back. So the water break on the ski drops back. 
Okay. So as that, that ski draw, as you drop back on the ski, yes, you can shove it through because you have less, less ski touching the water. Imagine like if Mm -hmm. you only had the tail of your ski touching the water, you could pivot it around, uh, maybe more like a windshield wiper turn type of thing. Right. So you can, you can, you can make it turn from the back of the ski, but what we're really looking for is a stable platform to accelerate on. And do you really want to accelerate on the back third of your ski, or would you like to use two thirds of your ski in, uh, in, you know, in the water, giving yourself a larger, more stable platform. That's what the skis are designed to do, um, to, to base your generating speed from. So I think that's just a really kind of sidebar, discussion is understanding how to make your ski work so that it can it can develop speed and really what we want to be doing is that apex having enough speed that same thing as like what you just said on a mountain bike right when you're going really really slow on a mountain bike you have to turn your handlebars right that's that's how you turn and we all ride we all learn to ride our bikes that way and for a lot of people that don't spend much more time ever riding bikes that's just how they think that that that's how you ride a bike but as you progress you start to learn like when you're coming into a sweeping right to left arc on a on a mountain bike you're actually when you're doing it right um, you have the speed is there for you to support your body weight off the side of the bike. So mm-hmm. what you end up doing is actually turning when you're trying to make a left turn, you're actually, when you're on a mountain bike, you're actually standing tall, your chest is up, just like we talk about in water skiing. And when you want to go to arc that right to left turn, you're actually turning your front wheel to the right allowing your body to fall into the left and your and your bike is able to support your body weight off the edge of your bike and arcing through that turn versus For just sure. a armed turn so we're For trying sure. to do this so we're you... trying to do the same thing you can't you can't ride a bike super fast and just be turning your front wheel you know i mean as far as yeah, you, you know, basically described you know not basically you described counter rotation as as we define it you know moving moving you know out to allow yourself to move in, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and it is, it's, it's, it's exactly that. So, you know, <clears throat> step one to step one, to <laughs> step one to figure out how to, uh, excuse me, switch your edges early is you, you, you gonna need to figure out how to accelerate your truly accelerate your ski better, or simply you're going to just simply be more balanced over your feet. You know, ideally you want your weight moving forward over your toes towards the tip of the ski, but you know, Step one before that can happen is is just balance over top of your feet. So at least your momentum is moving forward um, to some degree, right? You know, max is obviously ideal, but just you know, but you're going to have to eliminate that backwards that that back uh, motion, that back momentum. You need to be moving forward if you're going to get that edge change to to start happening increasingly sooner. Yep. And and think about this, like if you whipped out at the end of the lake and, and somebody gave you like a little power whip, like as you were whipping out, they give you the more gas from the boat and you let go and you stand up, you can arc some turns. And then as your, as your, as your, uh, water speed diminishes, you start to do like what you, you'd kind of described in, in previous episodes is you start to sink into the water. Your edge will not support your body weight off that edge. So you become less and less able to do that as you lose that water speed. If you never had the water speed, there's no way that you'd be able to arc a few turns before you fall into the water. So we need to have that. We need to have that water speed in order to set this whole thing up. 
And, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and, and that's why yes. we, that's why we talk about gates. That's why we talk about mm-hmm. structure stance, you know, AKA stack, whatever it is, however it is that you want to refer to it. You got to have that base fundamental to be able to be in positions to generate this kind of speed. You know, yep. one of, one of the things that popped in my mind right now, I, I kind of wanted you to walk me through what Trent does. Um, let's just walk me through a, maybe a gate pull out, a turn in, and then what you're really shooting for when you're coming into the gates, what are some sensations that you have? Are there any movements that you add to allow yourself to, you know, come up out of that or to harness it or, you know, like, let's, let's paint a picture of like, let's go for a ride with Trent. Yeah. And let's, let's see what, what is it that's going through Trent's mind as he's doing this? And how could this maybe be different than what, you know, our listeners might be feeling? Yeah. So, and without, you know, without beating up the gate too much, um, I'll just sort of relate it or um, I'll just sort of um, talk about, you know, as it relates to everywhere else in the course, as we're, you know, on topic with this ideal work zone. So, um, you know, my gate pullout, obviously I'm going to be, I'm going to try and create maximum speed in, in as short amount of space as possible. So then, I can come up onto a flat ski um, early. So just so I can, I can through the glide itself, I want to still maintain outbound direction. Um, so the line stays nice and tight. So then <clears throat> kind of like you were just talking about that my, my mountain bike analogy, like the last third of my glide, while I'm still going slightly faster than the boat, that through that entire phase, and I mean, I'm a lefty, but it wouldn't matter which foot forward you are, through that entire phase of the gate glide, I'm moving up, meaning getting taller and I'm moving out, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not rotating out aggressively because, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit, um, it's not a huge movement for me, but I'm moving up and I'm moving out the entire time. So that, you know, you can, that can be likened to, to counter rotation. Um, so then the moment I hit that stall, I'm as far away from the, from the pylon as, as my, as my outward direction allowed me to be. And then I'm going to start rolling to the inside. Um, at this point, so as it relates to work zone, as a, you know, I'm going to have this goal of being maxed out at the first trough. So that's going to be, you know, somewhere um, close to the, you know, just before the left-hand gate ball. Um, my goal through that turn in is staying over top of my feet with my momentum moving forward through the entire time. So what would cause me or, or, or another skier to have to stall that momentum well, if the load starts to build before I've got, you know, I've, I just say my hips back to the handle or before I'm done that turn or before I've, you know, assumed my cutting position, if, you know, for the easiest way to say it, if the load is already building before I get there, then I'm going to have to, to some extent, I'm going to have to, to either drop my right shoulder to, to block that load or harness that load. I'm going to have to make some kind of a move to, uh, to, to address the load. Um, and that, and then that, whatever that move happens to be, drop my right shoulder or throw my hips up or, you know, get on it hard, whatever that move happens to be, whatever stalls that forward momentum is going to momentarily delay my acceleration. So, so that momentary delay, even if it's just a moment, that's going to, now I'm going to have to pull a foot longer than I wanted to. 
if, if it's a real move, I really have to throw my hips up hard and, and attack this gate because, you know, again, because the load's hitting me before I'm done my turn, the, the bigger that, that, that move I have to make, the longer the, the interruption of, of, of acceleration or, or the longer my momentum has been interrupted, the longer I'm going to have to pull. So mm-hmm. that that's why this is so important that you that you that, you know you figure out how to match the boat speed and and get through the turn and and have the turn finish before the load starts because then you have man when you run those passes where you're able to let your momentum move forward through its entirety and the load the load builds you know as you 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 move into perfect alignment when you never stop moving forward that that's those those, you know, really flowy, fun passes. Like you had talked about, you know, your early season, um, early season skiing, you're just looking for that feeling. And that's what that feeling is never having to change your momentum. Can you, can you explain a little bit about forward? And because I think a lot of listeners fear that, that forward component. I mean, when you have your arms bent, when you have your arms bent and your hips are back and your chest is forward, but your body is back, that's kind of that forward component that doesn't feel good. So yes. what's the difference between that and what you're describing? If you have, if you, if one, you know, your body is stacked or, 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 or balanced, you know, um, and two, when the load is being directed through your core or, or like you always like to say, you know, the, the handle is, is lower than your, than your belly button, perhaps even lower than your waist. When the load is coming through your whole body, then you can keep your momentum, your, your weight, simply just moving towards the tip of your ski, mm. but it's your whole, it's your entire structure. It's, it's your whole unit. You know, if you're broken over at the, at the, at the waist, yeah, your, your chest, and your head might move towards the tip of your ski, but your, your center of mass, your hips are going to have to, to move back to counterbalance because somehow you've got to get, you've got to get equal weight ahead of and behind that load, right? You've, you've got to balance the load somehow. You got to balance the pressure, but if the pressure is coming through your entire body, because, because your alignment with the rope is so good and your body's stack is so good, then your entire body can, can move towards the tip of your ski or, or move maybe more accurate is just move towards your direction of travel, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, there's been some talk, um, you know, I seen, um, I think it might've been Rob Hazelwood had been posting some stuff recently about ankle flexion. And, and really that's, that's where he's going with this. You, you know, it, it's not an, it's not an, I don't necessarily think about flexing my ankles, but I mean, if my body's nice and straight, but my, my, my weight is sliding towards my direction of travel, there, there will be ankle flexion there. Um, whether that's the easiest way to think about it or not, I'm not sure, but, um, yes. The, and, and again, the better your, the better your alignment with the rope is, meaning the line of the rope is intersecting, you know, your entire body like through the center of your feet, through your hips, through the center of your core, through the center of your chest, the, the better that alignment is, the more you can just simply stay on your toes, stay on your toes might be the easiest way to think about it. Mm, mm. Weight on the balls of your feet. You know, for me, uh, the reason why my, you know, my core fundamental is arm straight, arm straight, have fun, is mm-hmm. that the moment that I can get my arms straight, it frees my body to be able to move. So yes. if I, if the first thing I do is I lock my elbow or pull in on the handle, then I'm basically creating this, this position that I have to fight through every motion. The one thing I like about, about thinking about your arms being straight uh, the end result is that you have ultimate freedom of mo- motion. You can move yourself around, like it, go back to the, t- uh, tie your handle onto a post, let yourself down 
into your cutting position. Think about yourself leaning away from the handle versus pulling on the handle. And as yeah. soon as your arms are straight, you can actually, I once I, I mean, that's the first thing I do. I put people on there and the first thing you see is their arms are flexed. And so I just start, I just start kind of, I reach around you and just start flapping your arms. And I'm like, loosen them, loosen them, loosen them, loosen them. And eventually they actually let go and realize that they're just hanging off the handle. And the moment that that happens right there, that's the aha moment. And then I say, all right, now you can take all of that weight that's been sitting on your back foot. And now all I want you to do is just keep your arms loose and allow yourself to move in a fashion that you can stand on your front foot. And then you start to see this ability to be in this position and build with this position. And that's why, that's why for me, arm straight is the number one, you know, function of, of my beginning of all of my techniques, because as soon as you can be dynamic and allow yourself to move, I mean, I think when people look at yes. my skiing and they go, man, you are so like people just, you know, they tell me I'm so smooth and I make it look so easy. Um, and I have so much power where I need it, but ultimately the power thing is not even, it's not even a thing. Like I'm not behind the boat thinking, uh, I'm going 10 out of 10 and I'm just ripping. I'm more or less like, how far can I let myself away from this handle into this to, to develop this motion? And then, and then I'm just going to pull myself, I'm going to allow myself to stand up out of that. So if you have generated yeah. speed into, into your, into your first wake, into the center line, then you're going to have that momentum to be able to just allow yourself to come up out of that a little bit. I just think about starting to stand up and mm -hmm. then my, my ski goes from one side to the other. I'm not manually thinking to drive my feet out. I'm not thinking drive my ski way out wide. I'm just thinking, release some of this pressure that I built. And then all of a sudden my feet swing from one side to the other. And then obviously there's other components that we'll spend in other, uh, episodes being like why you want to hold on to that once you land on your inside edge. But I think that that's a really kind of a key, key reason why I base all my stuff off of the arm straight is that you, you've got to be able oh to be God. dynamic. You're not the, uh, I mean, even, even, you know, when you watch me ski and you go, man, or, or you or, or who a pro or whoever, and you go, gosh, those guys don't make any mistakes. It's very rarely that I turn a perfect turn into a perfect tight rope. Okay. So let's just get that out, out there. Like I, I, I love when I'm close. I love when I've got everything dialed in and, and I, my speed's right. And that's happening. But the reality is in, in any, any pass that I make, maybe I get one or two of those close to optimal, but, <laughs> yeah. but my yeah. other ones that are even, even my other ones that I beat myself up over are closer to what we're looking for than a lot of others. So, you know, I just think it's really important to understand that you got to set all this stuff up. Long pulling is a total, it's, it just has a, it has to do with the relationship between you and the boat and how much speed have you developed from wherever mm. you started to develop that speed <clears throat> to this, sorry, to the center line. And so that's why we beat up gates. You know, that's why I think about different things a little bit. Like when I come up into my gate glide, you know, we talked about it last, last year. I want to feel as a right foot forward skier, I want to feel that left shoulder breaking wind a little bit. I'm resisting the urge to want to square up so hard to the course because at that moment, I'm still wanting to be trailing that handle. You know, I don't, I don't want to square, send my body to the inside 
before I'm ready yes. to, to turn in. And that's what you do when you, when you stand up into your gate glide and then you twist that left shoulder outward, you are manually pressing your body to the inside edge of the ski. So unless you mm -hmm. want to be turning right where you're doing that, you're actually arcing yourself inside of your ideal line. So, I mean, ultimately what I'm trying to do is I want to be out there in my glide before I even start. Whether And if I was free skiing, it would be the exact same thing. I want to get out there and I want to stand up into my glide, be breaking wind with my left shoulder slightly. That way my shoulders are more facing the pylon. That's my relationship to the boat. Um, and then right when it's time to turn in, that's where I'm going to do maybe some of that counter rotation, some of that opening, some of that left shoulder, uh, going, feeling like it's going back, not rotating in. That's going to allow my body to fall in, take that speed that I have and fall into my, you know, into my stance or my structure or my stack. And I'm hoping that I had enough water speed and I was wide enough on the boat that this is happening from basically the theoretical buoy line, right? Like, so yeah, if you're a yes. course skier and you draw a dotted line down the, down the, down the course, when we pull out, we break that line. And then when we we're wider than that line, and when we turn in, I'm hoping to hit my stack or acceleration position on the backside of that dotted line. And then from there, I want to build and, and just allow myself to be leaning away from that handle, allowing more and more and more of my body weight off the edge of my ski. I'm not trying to break the rope. I'm not trying to lean to 90 degrees. You know, I'm just trying to allow myself to keep moving and allowing, allowing, my, allowing my center of mass to keep moving off the edge of my ski into that first wake. And then when I hit that first wake for me, because I'm a, you know, a shorter line skier, um, when I, when I hit that first wake for me there, all I'm going to allow, all I'm going to start to do is to just allow myself to come up, which is reducing that amount of center of mass off the edge of my ski. And that, that just flattened my ski and my ski naturally will have the speed and motion and propulsion to then just continue its journey onto its other edge. And then when I land on that yes. other edge, the rest of that is to softly arc up on that edge all the way to the apex. Yes. And that, and that'll be, I mean, that, <clears throat> I think that needs to be an, uh, you know, an upcoming episode. Okay. You, you know, we facilitated, you know, A to B, which is the center line. Like now, you know, what's, how, how do we maximize that line? So it's, it, you know, what, what's becoming a bit of a recurring theme is, you know, don't, don't get consumed with a low hanging fruit. Okay. Yes. You're pulling too long, but under, you know, identify cause and effect, you know, why are you pulling too long? And, and again, if you want that change to start happening, happening earlier and earlier and earlier, then it just, it's exactly that create more speed into the first wake, not by cutting harder, but by simply having better, more speed into the turn and better balance out of the turn. If your weight's on your toes, you're going to be accelerating. If your weight's on your heels, that's going to be what, you know, people like to call static load. You're going to be able to load the heck out of the rope, but you're not going to get that, that swing feel that will help facilitate an early edge change. 